0: Welcome to Being You 365. My name is Sandra Troutman, and I will be your host on this epic journey of exploring who you are 365 days of the year. The purpose of this podcast is to start a dialogue on being you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Being You 365. My name is Sandra Troutman, and I am your host. And I am totally emotional when it comes to my next guest. But recently, when I started editing this conversation, it just brought so much emotion to me in regard to the various topics that we discussed. And so for the purpose of this podcast, I've decided to break our conversation up into two parts. The first part that you're going to listen to discusses courage, how to find courage, how to make those hard decisions in your life um, that you know that you need to make, and the journey that surrounds that process. Then the second part of the conversation is really going to be about the power of kindness and what that means to my guest as a, a powerful voice in the Black runners community. He is a phenomenal human being a kind person at heart. He is a father of two, a brother to many, a cyclist since 2012, and a runner since 2014. He's part of the Major Taylor Iron Riders based out of Brooklyn, New York. He's been an Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity brother for over 25 years. And he's been a Mason for over 10 years. And he's been a friend of mine for the last five or six years that I've known him. And I can honestly say that he is a wonderful and kind soul on the pavement and off the pavement. Ladies and gentlemen, James Ravenel.
1: My definition of courage is doing the thing that you know you need to do um, that can invoke some fear Um, but choosing to do it anyway, making the decision to do it anyway.
0: Okay. Making the decision to do it anyway. I like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And in terms of making that decision, what are some of the things that go into your head when you're at that place, at that space, when you have to make a decision and you choose to do it anyway, what are some of those things that push you forward? For example, when, after your divorce, when did you know you were ready to start dating again, or was that a choice?
1: Um. So, it, it, that's a it's a that's a difficult question to answer. Um, you know, I had been in a marriage that ultimately. Uh, We were a union of two people who really weren't right for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I I think on paper, we uh, matched pretty well. Um, and leaving, leaving, choosing to leave my marriage was, I think, the most difficult thing that I've really ever had to do. Um, I looked at it as you know, the biggest failure of my life was, was leaving my marriage. Um, and, um, it, it took some time to, I think it took me more time to love again than it did to, to date again. Um, uh, there, there was a, a, you know, a period. And I, I think a lot of, um, um, men who, in their marriages, um, you know, there's a period where you just kind of like, just, you go all out. (laughs) Right. Um, And, but there was no, I I didn't think that I never, I didn't think that I could love again. Mm. Um, I, I was so hurt. Um, from the failure of my marriage, um, uh, no longer being with the person I thought I would be with for the rest of my life, and, you know, we we you know we had good times, we had a lot of bad times, we had we had some good times, um, you know, we you know, so it's it is difficult to to be vulnerable again to think that you can um, love someone and be on that uh, that relationship escalator again um, where you know you find someone get to know them you know you start to like them you maybe fall in love with them, you get into a relationship with them, you know, maybe at some point you uh start talking about marriage that and cycle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So that relation that relationship escalator. Um it was a thing that I I really avoided for a long time. Um and uh you know I, I was separated for quite a few years before I even filed for divorce. Mm -hmm. And once I had filed for divorce, then, you know, here in New York city, it takes forever. So it was like another two years had essentially gone by before my divorce was even finalized. So for me, um, you know, the, the, the thing that I had to do was I had to do a lot of healing. Yeah. Um, you know, I tell people that the the darkest days of my life were following the separation Mm -hmm. from my wife. Um, uh, You know, I had a a lot of sadness. And and it's crazy, right? Because you leave someone because typically they don't make you happy anymore. And so you think, well, I'm finally away from them, so I'm just happy. But there's a a grieving process that I, I think most of us don't acknowledge, a lot of people don't acknowledge that they're going through a grieving process when they separate from their mate. Even if it's, um, a really bad relationship, um, people don't realize that they still have to mourn that relationship. They still have to grieve it and, and then hopefully grow for it, grow from it.
0: In terms of, in terms of grieving, what were, what were you grieving? The, 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 the fact that the relationship ended or the fact that you had such high hopes in it lasting forever. And then it just not, and then it just not.
1: Well, I think, I think the thing I agreed the most <clears throat> was the dismantling of my family unit. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, I had, you know, my kids were young at the time. My daughter was what, five. Um, my son was, uh, eight or nine. He was like nine. And um, it was hard to walk away from my family, mm. um, and you know it, I I was sad a lot, um, and I and I think in that sadness I did things to distract me from that sadness. I dated a lot. Um, (laughs) You know, and I'm not the only, you know, I'm not the only one that does this, um, but I don't know how many, I don't know how many men in particular acknowledge um, that a lot of those actions that they uh, take after they have separated from their wives um, is really just a distraction from the actual grieving process. Right. Um, And so for me, it it took a while, you know, to become who I am now. Um, uh, I, but I had to, I had to, I had to, one of the things I did, I had to learn Mm. who I am again um, and really deal with my own crap. Mm. (laughs) No matter how much your spouse got on your nerves and, you know, you um, point at those things that you feel they didn't do right in your marriage and made you leave, you still had your own crap.
0: Right. You have to deal with you.
1: You still got to deal with you. And, you know, I think the most important thing that I did is, you know, regardless of how hard it was financially, I lived by myself. You know, it's hard. New York City especially, is it's, it's very expensive. Yeah. Now. And, you know, I, I was paying half the bills with, you know, my ex-wife and children and then um, paying my own bills and trying to make ends meet. Um, and then at some point, you know, she took me to court for child support. Um, and then I was still paying about the same amount. But then I also had to pay for things like school and, and in addition, things I was already paying for. But the way the courts were here is that child support says, Hey, this is what child support is for. Anything. These other things are now going to be extra. So financially it was very difficult, yeah. but for me and my growth, I knew that I needed to live alone so that I could rediscover who I was and who I am. Um, and so you know, I sacrificed not having some things that I wanted.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I had to had to be okay with that because um, it, it was it was very uh, it was very difficult. But learning who you are again is one of the more important things in that process of healing. And you know, it's like there's so many phases, but you can't heal. To me, I don't think that. You know, I could have healed if I didn't take the time to grieve, if I didn't take the time to deal with my own crap. Um I think the most important thing, I'm I'm not hugely religious. I am very spiritual. Like I don't I'm not a person that goes to church or anything. Um, but I do believe in God and I and I learned during that process the power of prayer. Yes, yes, right? yes. Like like I, I you know, I, I tell you, um god is funny right because <laughs> you'll pray about something right and you wait for an answer to come at you a certain way yeah. right Because mm-hmm. like well if i ask for that god should be answering me in the same kind of methods. Right, right. specifically god, for god, that god, yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah and so 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 many times i'd be sitting you know because one of the things that i always do when i pray i always ask for clarity mm-hmm. right because you can pray and God will be sitting there answering your prayers, but if you never ask for the clarity, you don't know. You don't know. You're yeah. not. You haven't. You're not prepared to see the answer coming back at you. Right. And so in that clarity, you know, sometimes I would just pray and just leave it there, right? <laughs> and then God would do a thing. hmm and, and I'd be, like, wait a minute, is that that oh, thing? Oh, <laughs> big homie, I see you. You funny. Yeah. <laughs> I see, I see what you did there. Right, 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 right. But it really helped me to understand how, to, how prayer really works, how, um, you know, even the little things that we may think are not worth praying for prepare mm-hmm. you to receive the things that are major as far as you're concerned, things that are major, um, uh, things that you would pray for, how to receive that as well. So, I, I think this. I, I think that that lesson for me, um, it really changed my life. It gave me a, a different kind of peace. Yeah. Um, a different kind of optimism.
0: But there is power in prayer, and regardless of what denomination that you are, you lean on a higher power. And to hear that, James you know, leaned at the, his time of need as a man, I think that is a powerful observation, as a powerful aid to call on. Typically men are told you need to be strong and, and stop being so emotional when you are emotional. And one of the strengths that James has is the fact that he is emotional and he is a strong man and it's not either or, it's a and, and I think, the perception of man needs to change where we need to change the operator that we use instead of the or, we need to switch that out into an and. You could be powerful and emotional and a man and a father and a powerful influence in the lives of your family and of your kids and whatever structure that is. So that was part one and now get ready for part two.